Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm giving a nice little roundup of what's going on live, some of the things that are happening in the world, some of the stuff that's interested me most, and actually what might interest you as well. So going into the Batman, uh, Moon, Knight, Moon Knight, uh, Will Smith, of course, every podcast in the world is talking about it. I had to put a little bit of a uh, a little sprinkling of my opinion uh, out there in the world. Chelsea Football Club. Uh, and then also just a little bit of general shenanigans in life, uh, personally for me. And also in, in what's going on in the world. Um, and I think it's actually quite relatable, some of the stuff we'll be talking about. It's seeking new employment in that in-between stage between jobs where you've come back from doing something and, and, and going into that next stage of life. Um, maybe some people can relate where they've gone from one job to another. I hope to uh, talk about that later in the podcast and see whether you yourself, if you are still here listening, uh, can find some sort of uh, relatability to that. So let's start off with, of course, The Batman, the the movie that's been out for a while. I've delayed to watch it because I hate going to the movie theater and being crowded, basically. Some sort of peasant joke that I'm too rich to understand. Yeah, I like a quiet movie theater. I want to really embrace uh, the sort of movie itself. I want to not have any distractions and I want to be zoned in. So I went, because I've got all this time off at the moment, I went in midweek. I, I took a, you know, I don't know if many people would do this, but because I'm in the middle of nowhere and I don't drive, so I took a two and a half hour uh, bus and train ride all the way to Bath to be able to watch the film at this fantastic cinema called the Trevello. Tra- 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 uh, and it's basically one of those cinemas where it's got the couches out uh, it's got the leather seats. It's a little bit more luxurious, but for it was only a fifteen-pound ticket, which I was I thought you know that's the standard price for most cinema tickets nowadays, and this is a little bit more luxurious. I'll take it, uh, even if it is in the middle of the day. And I watched the Batman in it. And it was the best choice I made for watching it because that film for me personally, I love The Dark Knight. I love The Dark Knight Rises, I love that whole franchise, and I also have a lot of respect for Ben Affleck, and also for some of the older actors before, uh, Christian Bale as well, um, and it, to, me, to me, the Batman has never never been not bad, like, it's, it's never been terribly represented, for instance, They've, there's always been some actor, even Michael Keaton back in the day when it was a little bit silly, not like massively, but you know, the plasticky equipment, and, and George Clooney as well with the whole like nipples coming out of the suit and all that. It's a little bit silly, but at the same time, it's not like you unwatchable. You can't, you know, at least that you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger going, the Iceman cometh in the background sort of thing. And you've got some sort of entertainment coming from it. But I really do think that Robert Patterson has nailed the, the Batman character. And for me personally, I think what really got me was that you could see the fear from the enemy and so the batman has always been we've always seen him get beaten up we've always seen him been able to be human he was always human he was always uh you know beatable in some way and i always thought that batman's greatest element was the fear that he sort of forced his enemies to feel whenever he was you know, going to fight them, or when the back signal came on, and this movie in, it totally gets that, down to the friggin', the music, the the use of shadows as characters, basically, 
the envelopment of Robert Patterson into the darkness and emerging from it with the music that was created to basically increase your heart rate and make you understand that there should be some sort of fear coming from the, the Batman there. It was fantastic. And the utilization within the first scene of the movie where you see the bat light come on and you see the different perspective of each villain, not like the main character villains, but villains or gang members seeing that sight and having this imagination that the Batman is within the shadows. It's beautiful, it really is. And the utilization of the Batmobile in this film as well, uh, it's not used very often, it's only used once, and I, I, I think it was perfect. I think it was the, the perfect use for it. It uses, again, the Batman becomes something of a nightmare for the villains because it's as if he's indestructible. It's as if he's not human, even though all he is is a man in a suit. Wait, you're not just some guy in a bat costume, are you? Uh, with lots of gadgets, he is a being of darkness. And you can sense this, this joy I have when I see a good film. When I see something that's represented well, when it's well acted, when it's got characters in there. I mean, for goodness sake, Colin Farrell as the Penguin is unrecognisable. He's brilliant. He doesn't get any, you know, I think there's a, a round of applause for him for, number one, he's not getting any visual sort of representation in the media for, like, him not being visible, like his face is unrecognisable, so he's not going to get met much credit, or maybe people won't recognise him in the film, but his just prowess and, you know, really good representation of the Penguin, because the Penguin isn't uh, a fighter, he's a businessman, he's a cold-hearted criminal, and that's exactly what he is in the movie, and we see start to see the, the beginnings of the Penguin within this film, and I love it, I really do, uh, and I think that the Batman as a whole has is just, from beginning to end, and maybe at the end is a little bit soft for me, but I totally get why they did why they did this certain things. I don't want to spoil too many things for people because they may not have watched it yet. And I really hope that you do because, damn, is it a good film? Yes, it's three hours long, but for me as an avid film buff and somebody who loves to go to the cinema, it's totally worth the watch and it's totally worth the wait as well. And well done, Robert Pattinson, for once again being an epic actor uh, in the uh, film industry. There's not many actors out there that I'm just like seeing people level up that, you know, that quickly and in, in, in a sh such a short space of time, but he's doing it and he's doing it in his own way. He didn't just like go in a big movie. Yes, he did Twilight, ugh, obviously, but you know, it, it was a piece of, a, you know, a piece in the puzzle for him to be able to put together and to be able to figure out where he was going to go. And he's done these indie films that I've watched as well. Um, and it, The Lighthouse, which was very strange, again, artistic sort of magnificence in that sense, because it's just so creative and memeable as well. But the idea that he can go from all of these different parts and have this versatile career to become the Batman and not only have a different spin on the Batman but have a even more likeable version of the Batman uh, it's, it's just hard to, to 
comprehend someone being that talented in that sort of period of time and i remember jack whitehall the comedian taking the piss out of him very early on in his career of saying he only has that one look and he got it from jack whitehall from when they were acting when they were younger because they went to school together and it makes me laugh now because it's it's kind of like well the shoe's on the other foot now <laughs> kind of like jack whitehall's still in britain still doing the comedy and Robert Pattinson has evolved multiple times in his career through his acting. Yes, comedy and acting are very different, but I do think that sometimes you shouldn't talk shit uh, when it comes down to certain people very early on in their careers, especially if you, uh, you don't know where they're going to go in the future, because it may come back to bite you. And we'll talk about that later on as well with another person. <laughs> so, the Batman, fantastic. Um... Zoe Kravitz, gorgeous, absolutely. She's she was born to play that part as the Catwoman, the sexiness, the the spice, the sort of power that she brought to the scene where she wasn't afraid and and the viewer wasn't afraid for her because she was just powerful in the role. I loved it. I really did. Uh, Commissioner, the guy who plays Commissioner Gordon, I never remember his name, but he is epic in a lot of films he was fantastic in james bond and i did really like him as commissioner book gordon he wasn't too overpowering uh as a character uh, and he was the part played that he is in the comic books and in the video games where commissioner gordon is almost like a, a side character and he is a side character to an extent but it felt like in the the batman series he was made into a main character uh, under christopher nolan which wasn't necessarily a bad thing it's just a different thing altogether so the batman go see it it's awesome the soundtrack alone deserves nominations for oscars and all of these things and and, and the visuals and the acting everything it's fantastic i think i rated it a solid eight out of ten maybe i should knock that up to a nine because it is for me one of those films that i think if i watch again it's going to be just rewatchable number one and i think i might even buy it on dvd that's how good it is so actually I'm going to go from an 8 to a 9 purely because I'm looking back on it now uh, and maybe I was being a little bit harsh on the ending scene um, and after seeing the deleted scene of the Joker even more so rating it up because they didn't put that in the film and that's fantastic and they didn't have to rely on the Joker uh, as a, a fallback and as almost a, a ticket sales so killer, epic right, so we, d we tackled the Batman here's another unsuspecting fantastic tv show to watch at the moment if you're not watching already moon knight moon knight is brilliant i love it i was not expecting to love it i was expecting it to be shit <laughs> and that's um me being nice i genuinely didn't think that oscar isaacs had it in him for this type of role i thought it was going to be a cartoony kind of 2d characteristic with very little uh, sort of relatability very little um emotion to it it would be very just like a beat-em-up sort of uh tv series disney disney bringing the a-game man i've talked about disney a lot over the past uh year or year and a half like since the pandemic uh began and ended it's it kind of felt like during that period of time they really brought in some epic pieces of work and i think for me personally i'm going to continuously stay subscribed to disney plus because i'm really keen to see what they bring out if they're doing this with moon knight uh, another you know quote unquote hero film you know and and they're bringing this sort of level of acting with ethan hawk coming in as the bad guy in it and still having this sort of intrigue and he's not 2d and he's not just a, another bad guy that's going to get killed off in two seconds it's an explored character 
that to me is just fantastic it really is and on top of that you've got oscar isaac's character who's got a split personality very fight club-esque uh and has this third character in it of the the moon knight that we don't really know a lot about within the first two episodes that have come out so far and within the first episode we delve into one of the characters steven and steven becomes relatable even though he's just a gift shop guy he works in the gift shop and he does minimal sort of you know anything special about him apart from his very strange british accent which i i by the way because it's uh, an american playing a british person it's understandable because oscar isaacs is putting on that british british accent to emphasize that this is a, a not a real personality that this isn't a person who exists it's just like a split personality within the one person so it's fantastic that he's done that because we understand that the the british accent is a little bit put on why are you talking like this why are you talking about like that so oscar isaac's character is like initially just just somebody who's dealing with really sleep sleep problems and then slowly but surely you start to delve into this egyptian sort of background of of gods and beings and being judged whether you're good enough to to live and die because of what you could do or what you couldn't do in the future uh, and then and waking up in the middle of these nightmares and being the guy who's holding a gun all of a sudden shooting bad guys and then waking up and going to sleep again and it is the perfect depiction of what you'd consider a dream almost because that's how you feel in a dream you feel out of control you feel like time slowed down in in a moment of um of un of of just lack of control because i don't know about you but i find it when i'm dreaming and i for instance I, if i'm in conflict it's basically without any control whatsoever i can't do anything about it i feel like i'm traveling at one tenth the speed of time uh, and running away is impossible so i have to fight and then the the pain is is in there as well as well so it's real it feels uh, like it's actually happening so i you know for, for me personally i think they've done a really good uh, sort of representation of this sleepless um, mix of insanity and also uh, what it is to be the split personality syndrome within this character. And then we develop further to realise that even though Stephen is a likeable, emotional character, we realise that there's another person, Mark, who is almost like the hero-esque sort of person within the within the series who's going who can utilise the Moon Knight powers and fight off these bad guys, these jackals from the uh, ancient egypt times basically so it's a very interesting tv show because we don't know where it's going to go and i'm not a reader of the comics so i don't know how that's going to happen and how they're going to push it and make the, the the viewers keep coming back i do like that they've only released one episode every wednesday because it makes you excited for when when that next episode comes out and there's, it feels like each episode is a cliffhanger to what's going to happen in the next episode and it's exciting uh, and i really enjoy that because it's an hour you know i think it's an hour long episode so it's quite a lot of viewership within that time there's a lot of depth within it within that show so i'm hoping that it's not just a limited series i'm hoping that they're going to keep developing the moon knight and uh yeah let's see what happens uh i genuinely think that oscar isaac has done a fantastic uh adaptation 
and it's a really interesting character that I hope that by the end of the series I'm saying the same things I'm saying now and I've enjoyed the entire series rather than got to four episodes in and just said, oh no, it's rubbish now. <laughs> Which can happen. It can happen. Look at Boba Fett. Now, you know, <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to Terrible. Uh, well, not Terrible, but you know, it, it, it lacks a little, little bit of luster within the book of Boba, so... Like a panther. Yes. 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 There's that. Thirdly, right, so we've tackled the Batman, Moon Knight, talk about something else. For those who are not football fans, you know, skip over the next couple of minutes of me talking. Uh, for me, I have to get this out there because Chelsea Football Club always a big part of my life since I was like seven years old so I love to talk about this sort of stuff and I love to to see if it it angers any other fans out there who may be listening and uh, if it does that's oh whew, uh, that's always fun <laughs> um but yeah so Chelsea at the moment have been a you know dealing with a lot of I think it's been a tough streak for the club for the past couple of get games first off losing 4-1 to, to Brentford um which was just I kind of felt that after the international break, Chelsea were either going to come back even stronger or we were going to be on the wrong foot and we were on the wrong foot. So we came back super lackluster to the game. And then we also went into the Real Madrid game with the same mindset and lost that 3-1. Now, the 3-1 defeat to Real Madrid is salvageable, but we've got to be firing on all cylinders to be able to be able to redeem ourselves from that that's a three goal deficit right there because of the away goal rules but to be able to get three goals against Real Madrid in in the Bernabeu without conceding it's a big ask it is it is Liverpool Barcelona-esque sort of redeemable in that sense that is how hard it's going to be. It's going to be a mountain to climb. It's going to be PSG Barcelona. Barcelona seem to have a lot of comebacks about nowadays, both to and from them. Hmm. Patterns, patterns being low. But I believe in Chelsea because of what happened today. The 6-0 win against Southampton. Southampton uh, aren't necessarily a team to, you know, sneer at, but they're not also a, a team to be afraid of. And I think the best thing that Chelsea did today is just went out and just said, look, we're going to do the best we possibly can. And clearly the talk uh, that Thomas Tuchel had with the Chelsea players uh, between the Real Madrid game and now has had an effect on the team because they came out and they just went all at the Southampton defence. Chance after chance, finished and scored. And this is the first time I've seen Chelsea have their finishing boots on uh, all season. This has been the one game where everyone took their chances because that's what's been missing from the team and it's ironic really we brought in a hundred million striker and we still aren't getting the amount of goals that we need we need that Mohamed Salah 20 goals a season to be able to push us into that top of the the Premier League and also to be able to continue us doing well in, in the Champions League as well so I think we're with that at that point at the moment is this 6-0 win today was fantastic because of the the creativity and the the use of the chances, but also, can we keep this momentum going? I hope so. Um, I think it's going to be a big ask for Chelsea to become come back against Real Madrid. I'll still watch the game. I still hope for the best, uh, but it does feel like a big ask from the team. 
especially when we're at the end of the season, legs are going to feel a little bit tired, and, uh, you know, we're, we're not getting a lot out of some of the players. I think the majority of the players are looking at leaving at the end of the season because of the financial issues with the club. Uh, I've talked about that before in the podcast. I don't want to go over it again. I, I think that there will be some serious restructuring of the club and that could really affect how the team performs next year. So I'm hoping that they just go all out this at the end of the season to get the best they can out of the Champions League and all the other cl- cup cups that are going on the cup runs because we may not have this chance again because of the finance that could get pulled and also because of the restructuring of the club. So I say go Chelsea, kick ass, take names and hopefully the club can utilise the the players we have today and and hold on to as many of them as we can (laughs) so i'm back from talking about sports now you can you can tune back in for those who are uh have tuned out and said oh no sports bloody hell skip 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 right now let's talk about what everyone else has been talking about on earth i don't normally like to be the uh the guy who's uh, the sheep and following everyone else i normally like to stick to my own topics which can't you know which doesn't necessarily get you the views but i don't really care i love doing my own thing will smith made a fool out of himself if i'm honest and chris rock power to it man like he reacted really well like even as a a person who's who's a fan of comedians and as a fan of many comedians and loves the 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 comedy scene at the moment i think he did something seriously mature there that not many people could have done i think a lot of people would have reacted would have probably hit back would have probably said something afterwards Uh, but he carried on like a professional and just got on with it and as of today, some brand new news has been let sort of shown on the news is that Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars for the next ten years, uh, and that those repercussions are you know if, if I'm honest that he's their right to do that the Oscars why they didn't kick him out in the first place and take away his Oscar um, I have no idea maybe they just felt sorry for for him having to be married to Jada but <laughs> you know that's for us to look at rather than for for them to do so so. To delve in a little bit deeper, because I don't like talking about other people's problems, and, and it's not my place to judge, because I don't have—I've never been married, and I've never had a, a you know a relationship that's lasted that long. So, but it is intriguing to see somebody not be controlled, but have that sway of just power over will. Because uh, we, whenever someone thinks of Will Smith, they always think of the sort of the actor that we know of the the characters that he's played have always been very powerful they've always been very strong he played muhammad ali he's played um i think he even played no that was someone else completely that was uh was it i wanted to say um one of the the gentlemen in the 1960s who did this the speaking but no no that, that that wasn't him um but he's done very a lot of powerful players and he's always been represented in the 90s and 80s. And even when he was the Fresh Prince Bel-Air, he was a very independent, strong person. Now that we've seen what's happened behind the curtains, it's quite... It just makes me sad, man. It, it just makes me look at him and just say, dude, you're right. Do you need some help? It's it's as if that slap was just a, him lashing out of the world because he can't lash out at his wife. Uh, I think that could be it. And it's, it's seriously 
people are going to be keeping their, you know, Jada's name is going to be said a lot now because of what Will's done and because of what he said. And I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that marriage and thinking, how long is it going to last in the public eye? Uh, and how long is it going to stay like this? Because with there was also information released today as well that Jada apparently never wanted to mar to marry Will in the first place and felt that now now by the way I'm going to caveat that by saying that this is all rumors and that this is not verified by either of those two and so what I'm saying here is totally and non uh, reliable source so do not quote me <laughs> but it is really interesting to hear these things because if I'm honest, like it, it just you can see it visually in his eyes when he was at that round table talk, and also in the anger that he showed uh, at the Oscars. Fascinating to see somebody who we all truly respected growing up to becoming almost like a weak character. I will say the the word cuck comes to mind, but that's probably a little bit too harsh. But to me, he is. Uh, and I think the boys on uh, the Flagrant 2 podcast nailed him. Nailed him into the ground. That roast by Andrew Schultz was c'est magnifique. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to be able to do it better. But my, those those are my thoughts. I just feel sorry for the guy. And if I'm honest, um, Jada just looks like a bitch to me. But there you go. No, enough, enough negativity. We're going to go into to more positivity from there. Uh, I think, what was I, I wrote a little note about it. yeah, that was it, yes, so this, again, may not interest people, again, I've talked about the most popular topic that's being floated around at the moment, and obviously there's the Ukraine war going on again, but no one really wants to care, no one wants to talk about that, unless there's some happy news going on, which I did see uh, a couple of Ukrainian refugees bit, uh, uh, invited to uh, live in one of my aunt's friend's houses. Uh, there, there was a couple of refugees being put into homes in the countryside, which is really nice. I love stuff like that. I love hearing stuff like that. But the, the Ukrainian wars going on and war crimes are being committed. And it's bloody awful. I don't really want to talk about that because there's enough on the news at the moment covering that. And they do a much better job than I ever will. But what I will talk about, which I am thoroughly interested in at the moment, is the volatility of the stock market. Now, the stock market for the past two to three weeks, because, not just because of the war, but because of uh, the increase in, in inflation and also in due to coming out of coronavirus and now we're going to be paying for the repercussions of the government handing out massive amount of money and not many people working for two years. We're going to find that it's, it's going to be a serious struggle for uh, people to continuously pay these huge fees for stuff because the cost of living has gone way up now and people's wages have not gone up. And yet, I did see an article today saying that people's wages have been, I think it's like since 1997, this is the highest people have ever gone in such a short amount of time. But that doesn't make sense because at the same time, the gap between the uh, inflation and the wage uh, increase hasn't been matched yet. So it's... She speaks the bullshit. It, it still means people are losing money. If you place money in your bank account at the moment, you're losing money because of the inflation, because of how high it is. I think it's at 5 or 6%, something mad like that. So you have to put it in a stock just to be able to earn something back from it. So basically, if you aren't putting your money into investments at the moment, you're losing money. How nuts is that? Just by placing your cash into a bank account, you lose that money. 
you're like you're, you're literally losing money in the day but it, it to me ever since i learned this sort of stuff this financial in, like information and did a little bit of reading around it i've been reading a lot more books around financial aid i've been listening to audiobooks and uh, around it as well uh recently listened to i will make you rich that is a misleading title title which should be named is finance uh fundamental finance i thought the name for the gentleman so if you ever let the author of the <laughs> i will make you rich if you ever listen to this podcast i will tell you now please rename that book finance fundamentals because it is not how i will make, make you rich it's just teaching you the basics of finance it's teaching you how to um invest how to keep uh get rid of debt how to uh, get rid of uh, unnecessary charges and unnecessary uh, payments that you're making and how to get the most out of your credit cards. There's some useful tips there. But I, again, this is all stuff that you should be taught, you know, semi by your parents. If not by your parents, you should learn it on your own. And if not by that, um, you should be able, be able to go out there and, and, and find some information that's uh, either taught at schools. It's not taught at schools. I learned all mine through either my dad or through me just learning out on my own. So for me personally, I think a lot of this should be fundamentals to the financial game for, for a lot of people. Uh, and not everyone knows this. So it's really fascinating to me to get it across. And, you know, I'm smiling right now because to me, all of this stuff, this, you know, taking 10 percent, 10, 10 to 15 percent of your wage and just immediately chucking it into index funds and knowing that that's probably going to be a solid return. And then you've got your pension, you take that and you max out at around six or seven percent maybe 10% if you're looking at you're you're doing well uh, and you put that away and you know that's going to be getting a lot of money out of it as well if you put it in the right pension uh, pension or if you're an American listener 401k uh, and it, you have to find the right 401k and the right pension to be able to maximize your, your return as well because sometimes they charge you uh, management charges which are an extortionate over long periods of time and then you take then you've basically taken around you know, let's say let's be let's be optimistic and say twenty percent of your wage. Twenty percent of your wage is optimized for the market. It's optimized for uh, life in general, and it's also going to be battling against inflation. And you're looking at around an eight percent return after inflation, which is fantastic. Which means you are beating uh, the market. Is that's what the market returns? But you're also beating life, in in my opinion, because a lot of people say they want to beat the market. Now nah, scratch that. You are beating life just by sticking with the market return. So stick with that index funds are good uh, and uh, individual stocks uh, as fun as it is because it is I love doing it it's a lot of fun it's a little bit of gambling in some in some cases but if you know what you're doing you can make some money from it it's it's still really intriguing but it is risky it's a higher risk but everything's risky in life and uh, the, that's that's the the fun of it is the, is the risk but getting back to the the market so the market's volatility at the moment due to the war also due to coming out of the pandemic and also they're predicting there's such a mix of messages out there there's a lot of people saying that we're about to hit a bear market and that this is the similar sort of level of inflation that could lead to a financial crash now that could happen could happen and a lot of people are saying it but there's also people saying that it could be that now that we've come out of the pandemic and we have had like a, a small loss not as big as the 2008 crash but a relative loss uh, and we haven't hit the highest of highs that we did before 2008 we haven't hit that huge curve up into the stratosphere we are mediocrely 
it just above returns in, the, in, this, in this sort of sense. We're not at the highest of highs, but it doesn't mean we can't get to the lowest of lows. And so it's really interesting to see where the market's going to go starting from Tuesday of this week. Uh, I don't really have any predictions because I really don't know where it's going to go because I can't, I, I am like the majority, 95% of people, I can't predict the market. I normally just am a, a safe sod in this sort of cases and put my money where I think it's uh, going to make the most, uh, in the most safe way possible. Uh, and and that's that's how I play the game because <laughs> I don't really know how to play the game and that's the best way to play the game is when you don't know how to play the game you play it well <laughs> uh, and from there I would say to people is just read up educate yourself which is what I'm doing at the moment as well by the way I am sticking to my uh, 10 pages a day every day uh, at the moment I just finished uh, everyone you hate is going to die by um, Dan can't remember his last name it's over there but he's a comedian stand-up comedian and a scottish stand-up comedian it's, it's fun it's a bit of fun and uh 250 pages of a bit of a laugh and I, th I think that's sometimes you just need that in the morning when you're just getting up is a good laugh halfway through these two bad boys up here atomic habits i will i'm going to do a full podcast on that because it is an epic book uh that is gonna that helps out a lot of people it's a recommendation i got while i was in mexico from a friend and you know really fantastic and outliers rogan talks about that all the time so i thought i'd decide to, to read that and it's another killer book that talks about how our beginnings can really determine how we do well in life and how these small things that we don't really think about can have huge snowball effects on the rest of our lives uh, and that our success can be determined very much by those snowball effects so thinking about that uh i will quickly sum up uh the, the sort of things I've been going through, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, but I am looking at the time and I don't want to go on too long. So for those listening, for the past like month or so since I've been back from my travels abroad, uh, I've been basically, uh, first two weeks I was just chilling because I was like not, I was just getting over jet lag and all these things. And then I started applying for jobs. So getting new contracts, I wanted to get some money back in the account I wanted to get back into a routine and look into you know getting into quote-unquote some stability in this sense because I want to be able to build up a portfolio and to continue my podcast from a little bit more of a stable position of my own choosing rather than having to be somewhere that I don't want to be and I'm not going to go into that but what I will say is that my preferred thing will be to be in my own apartment in my own place uh, in, in, a, in a position of power rather than in a position of, uh, uh, of the best I can do it now but what I will say is that this in-between stage of life where you're looking for jobs employment all of these things and you do the best you can, you apply for jobs and you apply for all these things and you make CV look as nice as possible. You talk to lots of people over the phone and they talk, tell you how amazing your CV is and all these things. Uh, and you get some yeses, some noes and a lot of noes and, and you get these one or two yeses and you can have the wind up yourselves taken a little bit because you've gone through this long period of time. I'm intrigued by this period of time because I don't want to be the person who just says yes to the first opportunity that comes because I've done that before and it hasn't worked out. So I'm very cautious at the moment. Uh, I'm also applying like a madman. But at the same time, I'm very aware that everyone applies like a madman and that 
what you know the 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 rate of return when it comes down to applying for a job is the same rate of return of a, of relationships out there for the majority of guys so i am very much aware that i am playing uh a, a, a game that is is sometimes a little bit hard on you but i am talking about this because i'm gonna stay optimistic i am gonna stay in the way that i've, I've been keeping my routine but what i will say in this is that at some point i have realized that i could just do this abroad and i still have funds so i may take the podcast abroad through europe uh in a couple of weeks time if by the end of the month uh, sorry, if by the middle of the month if I haven't heard anything back from people, I'm just going to go abroad again because there's no point just staying here and being in the middle of nowhere and not being inspired by the world because when I was doing the podcast abroad, I felt like I was, they were a little bit, you know, distracted, but they were also inspiring uh, and kind of, for me, by the way, not for you, the listener. I, I think a lot of I was talking about a lot of homeless and random stuff on the podcast. But for me, they be they brought a lot of energy and joy for me, and I want that energy and joy back. And uh, even if I do get the contracts and all these things, uh, the consistency and uh, sort of bill paying will get to me at some point. So I will still have this, you know, mentality. So I will. Uh, what's the word? What's the, what's the phrase? Not. I, I want to get stuff done while I can, while I'm young, while I'm in this mindset, while I have this ability. So I don't think I've expressed myself very well in how I'm describing this in-between period in my life. But I hope for someone out there who may be also going through it themselves, they understand that it can feel a little concerning and that you just have to do the best you can with what you have. And there's nothing you can do and it's frustrating uh, and it's... A kind of draining for you emotionally uh, and if you're like me and you work out as well physically draining so you're trying to do all these things at the same time and you you start to question yourself um, I think the best thing you can do through these times and, and what I've been doing is just keeping them routine keeping these good habits which I have been doing so I've been doing my journal entry so the first thing I do is either I read or I do my journal entry and then it's followed by one or the other then I'll do meditation, Headspace or Wim Hof. Uh, and then after that, I will just continue to have it stack. I'll either get myself a breakfast in or go for a workout uh, or get a morning walk in uh, and then have it stack again. And I'll do either some coding. Uh, I'm trying to do my driving revision at the moment and, you know, try, really try my best to uh, do all of these things and have it stack the hell out of it. And I'm just looking at the the timer at the moment. So I'm going to pause the podcast for a second and I will be back in two seconds. A few moments later. And I'm back. Uh, sorry about that. And I don't normally uh, cut uh, from the podcast and go check the camera and go back. But uh, I realized that I had a lot of footage on my uh, recording camera at the moment from before when I was in Mexico, before when I was uh, before Christmas as well, that needed to be cleared off it, uh, that it's already been backed up uh, and doesn't need to be there anymore. So it's given me a little bit more wriggle room rather than me having like 38 minutes worth of uh, podcast space 
uh, on, <laughs> on the camera. Don't do that in the future, Chris. Future Chris, if you're watching this or editing this, don't, don't do that in the future. Have enough space and time for you to go wild and free and say whatever you want to say. And for the audio listener not to have to worry about you pausing the bloody camera and restarting again. Anyway, uh, for what I was saying was habit stacking. So reading, writing, uh, meditation, doing all of these things to really put me in the right frame of mind to be able to apply for jobs, to keep my learning uh, of coding and the IT industry uh, up and running, and then to also be able to maintain my fitness levels up, not go insane, and to try my best in the environment that I have at the moment. And I think for many people out there, they probably have been through something very similar or may have had to struggle a little bit to be able to get to, to the next checkpoint, as I'm calling it at the moment. Uh, and so for, for me personally, that is what I'm going through at the moment. I'm going from one checkpoint to another, and I'm doing my side business at the same time. I'm doing this podcast, I'm doing my investments, I'm doing all of these other things, but they don't necessarily make enough money to, to earning a living off. And so it is all about understanding that life is a balance uh, and a a little bit of a juggling uh, plate in this in this sort of scenario. Some other news, uh, some fun news. I'm doing a 10K tomorrow. As you may know, I run every Sunday anyway, but tomorrow is the first event I'll ever do. Uh, for the, Not ever do. First event I've done in over, I want to say, two, maybe three years. So just before the pandemic uh, and even before that when I don't think I did one in my final year of university. So it's been since like 2018 maybe even 2018, 2019. So I'm really excited to do that tomorrow. And I think I'm going to try and get involved in a lot more uh, races over the next year or so. Uh, and if I can get that consistency up and running uh, with a new role, then I can basically build these habits uh, around that and have the environment because environment also determines how well you do with certain things as well. So not to sound like a lecturer, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I hope that this uh, barrage of information and uh, random topics that I find interesting have also interested you. So this has been the Taylor Sales Podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. (laughs) 